I'm thankful that when we get into God's Word, it doesn't return void. So when we make this investment of listening to His Word and maybe hearing a sermon preached or a talk given or even being in the midst of worship, God honors that and His Word does not return void. He plants a seed that He intends for us to water that it will bring forth fruit in due season. And this morning I pray that's what happens in your life. My name is Connor Mason. I'm a pastor on staff here at Summit Church and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be speaking to you this morning. We're beginning a new series called Water Walkers. Water Walkers, this series is all about faith, uh, about having forward focus, about looking ahead to the things God has for us and not focusing on the things that are behind us. Faith is an awesome thing when you look into it. Faith is what pushes us on to what God wants us to do. And we know that His Word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And, and frankly, without faith, it's even impossible to please God. So this morning, we're going to get right into the Word. And I'm so excited to preach this message this morning to you entitled Forward Focus. Forward focus. Our text this morning comes out of Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. And this is what it says. You can read it along with me. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Let's pray. God, we come to you this morning. We are thankful that your word does not return void. Father, I pray that you would open up our ears to hear what it is you want us to hear today. I pray you would open up our eyes, God, to see the revelation of what it is you want us to see. We love you and we thank you for what you're going to do during this time. It's in his name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. I love this passage of scripture because Paul is talking to the Philippian church and he is telling the believers in Philippi this. I love this part in verse 13, and it's really what we're going to focus on today as we're talking about forward focus. This is what he says. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Paul characterizes this as one thing. It's really two things wrapped up into one. And I believe many times we get caught up on one half of this process without doing the other. Paul tells us to forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead as one fluid motion. He says, this one thing I do. I think many times we get caught up trying to forget what is behind and forget to strain toward what it is God wants us to do. And today as we talk about forward focus, that's what we're going to focus on. Allowing God to help us forget what is behind and to strain forward by faith to what is ahead. So what is faith? Today's message is all about faith. When you hear that word, you have definitions flying off in your mind of what you think faith is. 
Maybe you think of a person who has great faith. Or maybe you think of somebody that's gone before you that you've seen exemplify great faith. But how does the word define faith? This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. This word substance is broken down by two root words. The first sub, meaning under. The other stance, meaning stand. Substance can be simplified as this. It's the understanding or the assurance of something. You could literally translate this verse to this. Now faith is the assurance or the understanding of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is a belief that is predicated and rooted in knowing that if God did it once, He can do it again. Now today, if you're watching online, you're not in the auditorium with us, but this auditorium is filled up with chairs. Everywhere you look, there's a chair to sit down in. So what happens many times when new people come in, we have our first impressions team lead somebody to a chair. Now, based on the past experience you have with chairs, you realize that it's probably going to hold you up. When you look down at the four legs on a chair and you go to sit down, you have faith that it's going to hold you up. Now, some of us may have had some bad experiences with chairs and some of them may have broke on us, but that's all right. Most chairs are going to hold you up. Now, when we look at this, we have faith in the fact that we know it's going to hold us up based on past experiences. It's the same way with God. We have to understand and know that if God did it once, He can do it again. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. This story plays simply out in my life by looking into the eyes of my wife every day because my wife, quite frankly, shouldn't even be alive. My wife was born dead. She was born dead, without life, no heartbeat, no breathing happening. She was blue. She was dead. And when I look into her eyes every day when I see her, I have faith that if God did it once, He can do it again. My mother-in-law, Pastor Janae, had my wife, Taylor, and they were believing for a baby. Pastor David and Pastor Jay believing for a baby. And Taylor comes, and the promise they were believing for was born dead. Now, in your life today, you may have situations that have gone wrong. You may have circumstances that, that proved to be, to be tough, to cause doubt, to cause fear, to cause things to rise up on the inside of you that are contrary to what the Word says about God. But I'm telling you, look into the eyes of the thing you know God's been faithful in and remind yourself that if He did it once, He can do it again. God breathed life into my wife as a baby, and now she is functioning as a normal person. Almost every Sunday, she is up here declaring the Word of God. Now, if you heard of a situation where a baby was born dead, the first thing that comes to my mind is, well, there has to be an abnormality. There has to be some kind of dysfunction in her makeup. She, she probably doesn't function like other people do, but she functions perfectly as a normal person because God's faithfulness shined through in that moment. And now we can look back on that and be reminded that if God did it once, He can do it again. Why do I start this message out with that story? 
I want our focus at the beginning of this message to be fixed on faith. I want it to be fixed on the fact that God is true, that His Word does not return void. He is not a man that He should lie. If He did it once in your life, let me tell you something. Most of us in this room or most of us watching online maybe have situations in our life that were tough. Maybe we had a tough family upbringer. We have encountered somebody that has gone through tough things and are caught in cycles of dysfunction. And we have doubt for them. We don't have faith for them. I'm telling you today, define what God can do by His Word. Stop looking at your situation. Get into the Word to define what God can do. Faith thanks God for the miracle before it shows up. Faith causes you to praise in advance for what you're believing for. When me and my wife Taylor were trying to have kids because of Taylor's situation, there was some doubt in her heart. There was some doubt in my heart as well before our daughter Lindley came into this world. And we had to fix our focus on faith. Where your eyes are is where your life is going to follow. What are you magnifying? What are you focusing on today? Because when you point faith in the correct direction... When you look in the correct direction, you will follow that way. Faith looks forward to what we know God can do, not behind to what we've lost along the way. Psalm 119.105 says this, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you look at the way we're designed as human beings, we are designed to move forward. The way God has designed your legs and your feet to work, you are designed to take steps forward. Now, where I grew up in Matador, we didn't have a whole lot of things going on. I grew up with a population of about 500 people. And so we had a lot of races, y'all. We ran all the time. That's all we did. If you could find us running. Now, if you thought you were really fast, you would race somebody running backwards. Now, most of the time, the person running forwards would win but you still went after it anyways. And unless you're Deion Sanders, which I don't know if you know who he is, but he can run just as fast backwards as he can forwards. He's a freak athlete. Most people run faster forwards than they do backwards. If I was to try to race anybody right now running backwards, I would probably fall. God has not functioned me to run backwards. He has designed me to move ahead. This is what God's Word does in our spiritual life. It helps illuminate the next step so that when God is speaking to me, I can take the next step by His Word. His Word is the lamp that lights the way to our next step. We know that the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Apart from faith, we cannot have a revelation and a knowing of God's Word. When we look into the Word of God, that is the thing that pushes us forward. He's designed us to move ahead. You can run at least twice as fast forward as you can backwards. God has designed us to move forward. I love this quote from Gordon Ramsay. Now, I don't know if you watch the Food Network, but I don't agree with everything Gordon Ramsay says. A lot of it is bleeped out, quite frankly. But this one quote, I love what he says. This is what he says. I don't like looking back. I am constantly looking forward. I'm not the one to sort of sit and cry over spilt milk. I'm too busy looking for the next cow. This is how we've got to be in our spiritual walk. Many of us are crying over what we have lost instead of looking ahead to what God wants to do. 
we can't even get our eyes up to see what it is God wants to do because we're looking at the situation we're in at the moment. This is what the Word of God helps us with. When I'm in a situation that's hard and my eyes are down and I'm focused on the toughness of that thing, I go to the Word of God to define for me how I should feel about the situation. Many of us as believers take the situation and we define the whole framework of how we believe God by our situation. Well, that family member didn't come through. Maybe they went through a tough time and they haven't come through that yet. So now each and every time they're just going to have to, they're going to face that from here on out. That's the pattern they have, so I'm just going to leave them alone. I'm going to stop believing for them. But God's word is contrary to what our feelings tell us, contrary to what we're seeing with our eyes. We have to get into his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Begin looking for the next thing God is calling you to do. Look for the thing that is going to help push you forward into the purpose of God. Direction is extremely important in the life of the believer. Face forward and go after what it is God has called you to do. What you focus on will become your present reality. We have to forget what is behind. I love that the Apostle Paul describes that as one fluid motion in Philippians 3. He doesn't break it down into two separate things. Forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. Many of us get caught up looking behind. We get caught up looking at the things we're trying to come out of. And God is saying, get your eyes up on me. Get in my word and be fueled and encouraged and infused by faith. And let me help you by my divine empowerment to rise you up out of your situation. Following Christ is not a one-time event in our life. It's a progressive experience that calls us higher and into greater glory. I love that faith moves us to participation and it moves us out of the realm of observation. I love this quote by the Reverend James Moore. This is what it says. We sing that we are standing on the promises, but we settle to sit on the premises. Are we standing on the promises of God? Are we getting into His Word and hearing it in our mind and in our heart and letting that frame every part of our being? Or are we sitting on the premises, re relying on the faith of others to push us forward? God has something locked up within your life that He is waiting for you to get into His Word and unlock. And until you get into that, it's never going to happen for you. I want to encourage you today. Don't rely on the faith of others to push you forward in your walk with God. Seek Him for yourself. Still gather together, still go to small groups, still get together and encourage one another. But man, push forward in your own relationship with God. He has purpose and design for you that you'll never see if you don't get into His Word and allow Him to speak to you. His faith is wanting to push you forward. Are we sitting lifelessly on the edges of the church in our relationship with Jesus? Or are we actively feeding and pursuing this race of faith? Today I pray that the songs we sing about in them, the God we read about in the Bible, helps propel us forward in faith. God is worthy of our faith in Him. His Word doesn't return void. He's not a man that He should lie. He can't change His mind. If He has spoken, He will do it. He will do it in Jesus' name. Has He ever promised and not fulfilled? Has He ever spoken and failed to act? I say to you today, not once. Faith is participation, not observation. 
Some of you may say today, Connor, well, I'm waiting on God to answer a prayer that I've prayed for a long time. This is something I've been dealing with. This is something I've been going through for, for many years now, and I feel like God hasn't answered me. Well, let me, let me give you a little revelation that God shared with me a few years ago. I was preparing for a message, and me and my wife and uh, Lindley, we were driving down the road. This was a normal day, driving right down forth, doing our normal thing in Canyon, Texas. Music is going, Lindley's chattering in the back. Me and Taylor are carrying on a conversation. And in my mind, I have another conversation going on, just saying to myself, God, I know you want to speak to me concerning this topic. And I know you've called me to get into your word, and I know you'll speak to me through that, but I just feel like you're going to speak to me in a different way. And so we're driving down the road, and we come to a red light. Out of the corner of my eye, an old man, shirtless, shining like a Texas Roadhouse roll, comes running right by us fast. This man is zooming. And I can smell the coconut oil on him inside the car. So he's flying by me, and I'm just like, it was so bizarre. I'm like, this has got to be you, God, because this just doesn't happen like this. This is the middle of the summer. This guy was flying down the road. And he gets to the red light, and I'm expecting this old man to stop. He's running at full speed, and he gets to the red light, and he begins running in place. The red light is still there, and this man is still moving. And God spoke to me in that moment. He said, Connor, don't fail to run while you wait on the promise. And my head liked to have exploded. I had to stop. I said, I said, Taylor, God's speaking to me right now. I can't talk. I literally said that. Sometimes when God speaks to us in that way, you become so overwhelmed in emotion because he is a faithful father. He won't leave you alone. In your time of need, he is a very present help is what the word says. See, as we're preaching and we're talking together about the Word of God this morning, I pray that faith is being instilled in you, that God is saying to you, I know you're waiting on the promise, but don't forget to run while you wait. Stay in the Word. Continue to seek after me. Continue to pray for that relative. Let me tell you something. I've had so many people reach out to me this year dealing with suicide. It's crazy. The enemy is subtly whispering to people to take their own life. They've stopped running while they're waiting on the promise of God. They're trying to come out of addiction. They're trying to come out of bondage. And the devil is telling them to stop. They're having dreams of people that have already passed in their family calling them to commit, commit suicide. And what we have to do, we have to stand up against the enemy. That God has given us life and life more abundant. Why would I settle for the lie of the enemy when God has given me the truth of his word? We must run while we wait. Don't fail to run while you're waiting on the promise of God. Many times we feel like we're waiting and we're being lazy. We're being lazy. I found this happen in my own life. We're waiting on that now word from God, and God is saying, just get in my word. I've given you all the books of the Bible of words I've given. Get into my word. Get into what I've already said. Find his word. Look into his word. Get around people. This is why small groups is so important. And I love small groups because when we are together, we can't fall without a hand being there to help us up. Get in community. Get help as soon as you can. Run while we wait. I've got three points today to help us develop this forward focus and this forward faith. I'm telling you today, what you're magnifying in your life is what you're feeding. Whatever it is you're magnifying this morning, many times we blame it on the devil, we blame it on the enemy. But what he'll do, he is so sly, 
He'll come and plant a seed, go away and watch you water it for him. He'll move away. He'll plant the seed of doubt in your heart and he'll let Connor water it for him. We have to understand and know that the enemy of our soul is slick. Now, I don't mean to talk about the enemy to glorify him, but we have to understand how he works for us to combat him properly. Don't water the seeds of doubt. Don't water the seeds of cynicism and fear. Water the seeds of faith. Water the seeds of faith. So I've got three points this morning. The first is faith follows focus. Faith follows focus. I can't wait to tell you this story. This is really funny. So how many of you have seen the virtual reality headsets? You know, you put the headsets on and you can see into a completely different world. You're no longer on the stage in Summit Church in Canyon, Texas. You're like in the mountains, climbing Everest. You can see the Yeti. It's crazy. I've put one of these on. It flips me out every single time. But based off what the person is seeing in the headset determines to them what their present reality is. It determines to them where they're at, where their feet are at, where their mind is at, their heart. They could be safe. But, but in the headset, they're walking on a piece of bamboo over a volcano. This is how faith works sometimes. These videos are hilarious too because you find uh, younger people preying upon the ignorance of older people that don't understand how these things work. I've seen everything from an old man hitting a wall, punching through drywall, to an old man passing out. Because their present reality is determining to them how they should feel. I, I don't want to be a person swinging at air, passing out over nothing. What you are focused on determines your reality. Your faith will follow whatever it is you're focusing on. Your faith will follow that. These people with this headset believe they are in a place uh, where they are doing something that's bearing significance, but their reality is a false one. This is how powerful our focus is. This VR headset doesn't take the hands, it doesn't take your legs, it doesn't even take your brain. It's literally taking your vision alone. And because your vision and your focus is on something completely different, it affects your whole life. It affects everything. If you pass out, let me tell you, you are affected. I've literally seen an old man and what he was doing, like I was saying, he was walking on a piece of bamboo over a volcano and he fell off. He passes out. They're literally like trying to wake the man up. He thought he died. What you see will determine your reality. How many of you have ever been driving? And uh, <laughs> this is a funny story. Me and Taylor first started dating. Taylor, she has seen pastures full of cows. I know she has before. But when you're dating and you go on the first few dates, everything is a new experience. You could have heard a song 50 times, then your boyfriend or girlfriend plays it, and it's like a brand new song. Well, we're driving. I'm taking her to Matador for the first time. She's never really got to spend time with my family, so she's like giddy. This is just another day for me. I'm going home. So I'm driving. Taylor sees a pasture full of cows, and she flips out. Connor, look at all the cows over there. Look at all those beautiful cows. And I'm like, yep, they're cows. And she, she got so mad at me for treating that experience so nonchalant. But her focus was on the cows. When you're driving, if my focus would have went to the cows, I would have eventually ended up in the pasture. you got to keep your eyes on the road with this forward focus of faith. Don't let your uh, eyes wander and be distracted. Forward focus is Peter walking out on the water. Peter displayed forward focus. He also displayed 
focusing on things on the exterior that cause us to fall. When Peter steps out of the boat, he understands and he hears God's voice, which is a picture to us that faith came to him by hearing God's voice and understanding it. He gets out of the boat, begins walking to Jesus, and the Bible says he gets focused on the wind and the waves, and he falls. Now, God is faithful, and he helps him up out of the water. He says, you have little faith, and and they have a, a whole thing, and they begin to praise God because God came out on the water. It was a miracle. It was awesome. We have all been in this situation. We've all been the one believing for the promise, stepping out in faith, walking on the water, and then Jesus helping us up. But the one thing you've got to notice is Peter understood that it was God's voice. At first they thought he was a ghost. Then they heard his voice and they knew it was him. When God is speaking to you, when the storms of your life are raging around you, do you know it's his voice? Do you know what he sounds like? Do you know what it's like to hear the voice of God in a situation that's hard? That he says, I'm with you and I'll never leave you or forsake you. When the enemy is whispering lies of doubt, and he's whispering lies of of harming yourself or doing something that would be contrary to what you know he wants you to do. Hear his voice in that moment. Let him call you back into the lifestyle of faith. God is calling us forward to a forward focus. We must focus on the power of God and what his word says and not allow our focus to be shifted to the noise of the waves around us. Your present reality can shift by simply directing your focus forward on what God has for you, not behind on where you were. Number two, we must guard our focus. We must guard our focus. A scripture we've talked about a lot this morning already. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Give focus to the word and faith will come. Give your focus to God's word and faith will come. You say, Connor, I'm trying to walk out my faith. I'm trying to live this forward faith. I'm trying to do this, but I feel like faith is not coming. I'm telling you, continue to do it. Press forward, get into his word, get it down deep on the inside of you and faith will come. A word God gave me at the beginning of this year He said, Connor, be consistent in what I've already told you to do. And every promise I have locked up for you will chase after you if you'll be consistent on what I've already told you to do. Now, this is like old hat. This is something we've all heard. Be consistent, and then God will answer your prayer. But this is something we forget. We feel like we've got to change everything and mix everything up. But the principles of God are very simple, but they're hard for us to continue to walk out, stay consistent, give focus to his word, and faith will come. I love this verse out of Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27. This is what it says. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, in health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder, think about the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your feet from evil. I love how he places the responsibility on us to remove our feet from evil there at the end. Remove your own feet from evil. 
Whatever or whoever obtains and maintains your focus will rule and direct your life. Whoever and whatever maintains your focus will rule and direct your life. You can look at your life today in the path that it's going on and point to the things that you're focused on. That's what's leading you. Those relationships that you won't let go of or you won't put at the right distance, they're leading you. Those circles of gossip you continue to get around, they're leading you. The continual addiction, the looking at social media, I'm telling you something right now. Social media is hijacking us from having devotion to Christ. It's hijacking us right in front of us. It's so subtle. It's so easy to just hop on this thing when I'm worn out. This is something we do in in my house that we have learned to do because I saw something that the enemy was trying to do in my own family. When we have a tough day, when it's hard, when we've worked hard and we've put our hand to the plow and it's been a good day, many times we sit down, get on our phone and veg for hours. We just look at nonsense. We're expecting to be fueled by faith, but we're looking at garbage. We're expecting to be fueled by faith, but our intake is junk food. You can't become a power lifter for faith. You can't become strong spiritually by eating stinking peanut M&Ms all the time and guzzling down Dr. Pepper. You cannot do it. It's so funny to me because, like, we try to complicate these things. But God's principles are very simple. But we fall back. We fall back. Many times we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our habits. We fall back on what's easy. Man, it's real easy. I ain't even got to log in to Facebook no more. It's got my login. I just hop on. I just get in the driver's seat and I, I drive for a couple hours and I get off and then I go to sleep. Some of us, we just scroll until our eyes fall out of our head. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been laying down in bed, whether it be me or Taylor, she's, she's uh, tapping on my shoulder because the video keeps playing on repeat because I fell asleep watching a video. This is not how we're supposed to live. We have to get our focus back. Church, we've got to get our focus back. The devil is still in our eyes. Delilah is lulling you to sleep and cutting your hair off, Samson. Your strength is being taken away from you. Don't let the enemy do it, man. Take it back. Guard your focus. This is important. What you see is important. What you hear is important. Man, take it back in Jesus' name. And I pray that through this word, that happens. This is what the Apostle Paul is doing in this chapter in Philippians. He's speaking to the Philippian church that's troubled by false teachings, legalists, those bringing in false doctrines, loud people, prevalent people, persuasive people. People that kind of try to lull you to sleep, prey on your ignorance and and try to uh, usurp uh, the word of God and try to rival it. People that prey on your ignorance to squelch out your faith. People that make things sound noble that actually do rival what God is wanting to do in your life. Don't forgive them. You shouldn't forgive them. You see all the bad things they've done for you, they're done to you. Pray for them. They can't even... They can't even keep a pattern of not doing that thing. You're going to keep praying for them? The devil is so subtle in getting in our thinking, and he'll plant a seed and just watch you water it. We can't water it anymore. Paul is letting us know in this text that there is no place on this side of eternity where we have arrived. He's like continually saying, strain toward, press toward. We hear that, you know, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Jesus' type of straining that Paul is talking about is the best type you could ever do. It's not, it's not really, Paul describes it as a strain, but it's kind of a balance. It's not that it's always easy because it's not. But you are infused by supernatural power, by the grace and the divine empowerment of God. Now, I've tried to do this life without Him. I've tried to strain in this life without God. And I've tried to strain toward with Him. And let me tell you from experience, strain with God, not against God. Because it's like, uh, you ever had like a door that was squeaky, that was hard to open, that you just had to, we were at a restaurant just the other day and we just kept hearing a squeaky door and I was, it was about to drive me nuts. A squeaky door is so like annoying and, and opening it can be hard. But having God in your life is like putting oil on that door. And He makes it easier than it should have been. And He helps you carry you through those times that should have been hard, but makes it easier than it should have been. His yoke is easy and His burden is light. I love this quote from Leonard Ravenhill. He says, when a man enrolls into the university of God, he enrolls and he never graduates. You could also say when a woman enrolls into the university of God. We enroll and we never graduate. Predecide to respond in faith. A life lived in faith is one of no regrets. A life lived led by your feelings is tossed back and forth like waves at sea. With faith, I'm not subject to my circumstance. Faith says my circumstance is subject to what God said about it. You are what you eat. What you put in is going to come out. What you set your mind on will be the thing you meditate on. The well you spend time drilling and working on is the well you will eventually drink from. The ingredients you put together to cook a dish will determine the dish that comes out of the oven. Here's the thing. If your faith is not guarded this morning, you're having a hard time focusing. This world gives us so many different things to focus on. And God wants to get your eyes back. I'm telling you today, there's hope through the redeeming power of Christ to get your focus back. When we're not redeemed in our thinking, we have allowed fear in the intimidation of our seeing to affect what it is we know to be true. When our focus is not taken by God, we are allowing fear, doubt, cynicism, whatever it is, to intimidate us to looking in a certain way that we know not to be true. The third point this morning, and I'm closing with this, is the right focus equals forward faith. Having the right focus equals forward faith. Two things I want to talk about that produce forward faith within this point. We have to have these two things to have forward faith. One, we have to be confident of God's character. He is who He says He is. Despite what the world says, despite what anybody says, He is who He says He is. Second, we are certain of His promises. He not only is who He says He is, He'll do what He said He'll do. We have to have this forward faith to the finish. And the only way we have that is we have to be confident of His character and certain of His promises. The Holy Spirit is calling us to a forward faith to the finish. Until God is done with me, I am called to have a forward faith. God has a process of making us into disciples. Jesus is the perfect example of living out the purpose of God on this earth. He lived by faith and not by sight. He understood that without faith, it's impossible to please God. That he, he understood that God is a faithful Father. 
Faith is a word that's mentioned about 350 times in the Bible. Faith calls for action. Faith is a call for participation and not observation. We don't ever graduate from having to have faith. We have to continually stoke the fire of faith. Tend to it. Don't, I'm telling you, if you're, if you're on any type of thing outside of the Word, whether it be a conversation or social media or even the news, there are things vying for your soul. There are things vying for your attention. And there are things vying for you not to believe in faith in God. Faith is a way of life, not a trophy that I point back to that I put up on a shelf. That trophy's going to collect dust. That trophy's going to get thrown behind everything else. Faith has to be something on the forefront of my mind. I don't want a has-been faith. I want an abounding faith. There's a fire of faith within me that I must tend to. Faith remembers what God has done. Fear and doubt cause us to forget what God has done. How many of you know it had to have taken faith for Noah to build the boat, to build the ark, when he hadn't seen rain in so long? There were probably so many people whispering in his ear, just give it up. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Just give it up, Noah. Live like us. You don't have to worry about a thing. But Noah had a word from God, and he staked his life upon that word. He reminded himself of that word. Because faith truly comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If the enemy can convince you to starve your faith, he will leave you and you will starve it. He's going to try to get you to believe a lie. And once you've believed the lie, he has done his work. I pray today at the end of this message when we pray that God would uproot the lies in your life and plant fresh seeds of faith within you. We have to learn to starve the seeds of doubt and water the seed of faith God has planted in our hearts. God has placed so many things around us to help feed our faith. We're going to look at just a couple and then we'll be done. God has given people to the left and right of us. We're talking all about vision this morning. What are you looking on? What are you listening to? I'm telling you this morning, God wants you to look to the left and the right. He wants you to look over. Many times we're looking down at our situation. He wants you to look over. Look over because we have relationships that could be had that would build faith. But sometimes we've been burned a time or two in relationships and we choose to settle to isolate ourselves. There's nothing more the enemy would like to do than to isolate you. Look over. Stop looking down. Look over to the left and right. Get in a small group. Reach out to that person you know has been through the same thing you have. Talk with them. See how God brought them out. Let them encourage you. Many times we fail to look up. We once had a thriving relationship with God, but now we believe He no longer hears us or sees us. So we settle to isolate and feed the lie that He no longer loves us or will answer us when we call. We have to look up. Don't look down. Look up. Get your vision up. Look ahead. I'm telling you today, the enemy uses discouragement to beat you down so that you won't look up anymore. I look across this auditorium every week in worship as we're leading worship and doing different things. And I see people that are fueled with faith and looking up and I see people that are having a hard time. I'm telling you today, when you have a hard time, when things are going wrong, get your eyes up. Many times 
we look down, though, because we know although the information uh, may not be trustworthy or helpful that the enemy is feeding us or maybe we're feeding ourselves, it is immediate. It is habitual. It is something that is quick. It's the fast food for our mind. We have to push past what we see here and get up. Get our eyes up on what God it is. God wants to do and what it is God wants to do. When your faith and your soul are starving, don't fall back on the fast food for your soul. Go for the thing that will build your spiritual muscle. Get into the Word of God. Get into worship. Take it to prayer. God, this is something that I want to leave us with. God does the work in us, but then we have to work it out. He does the work in us. He plants the seed of faith. But then we have to carry this thing out. Does He help us? Yes. Does He give us grace? Yes. Does He help us by His Holy Spirit? Yes. But we have to put our foot down. We have to walk. We have to put our hand to the plow. He causes faith to work in us. And as we seek Him and feast on His Word, then we work it out as we work out our salvation. God used to be found in temples. God used to reside in buildings, but now He resides in the hearts of men. When God is residing in your heart, don't numb His voice. Don't tune Him out. Be a disciple with forward faith. Be a disciple with forward focus. Guard your heart. Guard your focus. And allow yourself to have a forward faith. Let's pray this morning. God, we come to you today. We are so thankful for your word, Father. I pray that this word would not return void in the lives of the people listening today. Uproot anything from the enemy, any lie, any doubt, any fear that would keep them from staking their lives upon your word. Let us be people of your word because faith comes by hearing in hearing by the Word of God. And I pray that anybody that doesn't know you this morning or doesn't have a relationship with you will reach out either by messaging us or using the link in the description, Father God, to get connected with one of us so that we can help guide them and lead them in this new relationship they want to have with Jesus Christ. We love you and we thank you for what you're doing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.